Hello, this is the WGM Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Each week we talk to one of your favorite WGM Morning News personalities. We ask them personal questions and try to make them squirm a little bit. We dig up the scuttlebutt and dish on the hot goss. Ross, what do you like most about this week's guest? I like this week's guest because she's given me an honorary Puerto Rican name. It's Rob, by the way. How about you, Brian? What do you like about this week's guest? I love this week's guest because I got hangry once during a shoot at her home, and she made me a sandwich, and it was very thoughtful of her and also quite delicious. This is the WGN Morning News Podcast. Our guest this week is around town reporter Anna Belleval. Anna joins us now. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you, Anna? I'm doing well. I'm so excited. I've listened to all the podcasts and I am a true fan. That's awesome. Yep. So then you kind of know the spiel here. I'm just disappointed you won't be singing with me. Oh, you wanted, I can't sing. You wanted us to sing in front of you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll do that later. Okay. Well, Anna, we work for Channel 9. This is a behind-the-scenes podcast where we learn secrets about you. I was wondering if I could ask you nine very personal questions. Are you willing to answer my questions? Absolutely. All right. Time now for nine very personal questions. Do you want to just give it to her real quick? Three, two, one. These are nine very personal questions. How'd that feel? Did you like it live? I really liked it. We've never done it live for anyone. And it sounded great. And the harmony. Thank you. All right, Anna, are you ready? Yes. Question number one. What is the best dessert? Anything with chocolate. Anything with chocolate. Like, I was thinking about this, and I think my fi- wherever it is on the menu, I will order a lava cake. You know, that's the chocolate cake that you cut, and then it oozes chocolate. Oh, awesome. Also, big fan of key lime pie. I will try a key lime pie wherever it is on the menu. Which actor would play you in the... That's w- it? You're not going to say, like, that's great. It's an opinion-based question, so no, we're not going to argue with you over key lime pie or lava cake. I hate key lime pie. Personally, I was you just do. in the Keys, and I tried it, and I, I don't hate it, but it, was, it didn't... It wasn't know, a thing for you. It didn't blow my hair back. I like it. Not my favorite. Okay. You but would, the chocolate thing you're good with. Oh, yeah, right? chocolate all the way. Anything with chocolate. Sure, yeah. I have the sweetest tooth. I can have it for breakfast. I can have it for lunch. Hmm. I need something sweet. I really do. It's it's funny because I can say no to pizza anytime, but something sweet. I'm sorry, sweet? Oh, hold on. Wait, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And I have my answer, but, and it's better than Conrad's. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but just, I have to, we just have to make it clear. Hmm. You said the words, I could skip pizza. Yeah, I can. I don't even know if we should proceed really at this well, point. No, I think you can because my husband cannot skip pizza and he married me. So right. I think you can overlook that. Okay, second question. Here we go. Do you know what the question is? Um, the, the pizza one. No, it's, we're not there yet. It's not the God one. Why don't, I'll, I'll, okay, no, why you don't do I it. steer? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which actor would play you in the WGN Morning News movie? So um, Ashley Judd. Okay. Or Winona Ryder, because both they've said, uh, people say I look like her. And you're both shocked I didn't say anyone Latino. I know you're like, my gosh, you didn't say like Sofia Vergara. I don't look like Sofia Vergara. I'm super pale, so it has to be someone cadaverous looking. (laughs) Corpse, cold corpse kind of color. Is that how you see yourself? Oh, totally. And others too. Just because of the Chicago, like if you were back in Puerto Rico. Oh, no, they would yell at me. Hey, the sun is free. Get some sun. I was bullied because of how pale I am. I'm not kidding. Even back home. 
especially back home. Oh. Here, I feel like I blend. And so when I walk around in a skirt, you know, like I'll get a compliment about my legs. And in Puerto Rico, they'd be like, oh my God, I got to wear glasses around you. My Miami family, real mean about it too. Huh. <laughs> Let's say you have three hours to yourself without any commitments. How do you spend that time? I would nap and I would watch stuff on Netflix or any platform. Uh, yeah. Which movie is the best movie? You know, I was thinking about this because I love good acting, and but I don't watch a lot of movies, which is a contradiction. Um, I just watched The Good Nurse and it was amazing. I've been watching a lot of things with uh, Andrew Garfield in them and I think he's a great actor. But I think the movies that I watched and watched over again, and it's ironic because I ended up living in Chicago, are the John Hughes movie. Mm. I loved Pretty in Pink. Sixteen Candles was my favorite. There was one that wasn't him, but it was in the same genre, Better Off Dead. Uh, I, Home Alone, I could watch them over and over. And anything by Harold Ramis, too. Although I wasn't like a big Ghostbusters person. But anything by John Hughes around that time, I was a teenager. And those were the ones that I would go back to and rewatch and 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 could actually repeat what is your favorite word it's a word in spanish unica okay means unique oh i don't know why i like the sound of it i like the meaning of it um and so i i love the word unica i do like the sound i like mm -hmm. that too i was surprised it's not wepa wepa i love wepa and i love mofongo oh. how fun is that what's that mofongo food it's a plantain ball you we mash the fry the plantains we mash them and then we make like a little ball of plantain and then we make like a little bed so you can put put like creole shrimp in it or Ooh. fried meat or and and it's one of our national dishes mofongo and um i like that one and i like wepa wepa i like a lot but wepa's not really a word it's more like an exclamation right could you use all three in a sentence el sabor del mofongo es único wepa that was good. That was nice. Were there any curse words in there? No. Okay, good. I love those two, but no. Least favorite smell? Um, vomit. Mm. Yeah, but it's a toss-up, you know, vomit, farts. Uh, I have children, so I'm exposed to them a lot. Um, yeah, and I know Larry said something about like sewer smell from a river. We have that in Puerto Rico around the mangroves, and we would drive by and my dad would be like, mm. The mangroves, mangroves licked and because the, the smell seeps through your windows. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad one, too. We get a taste of that here. The Chicago River sometimes can... It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. When you order a pizza, mm -hmm. which it sounds like you don't do it very often, where do you like to order from and what are your go-to toppings? Okay. We order it a lot, unfortunately, because I get pizza out. I'm sorry, Chicago. Um, but you'll be proud to know, never Domino's, hmm. never Pizza Hut. That's what I grew up on, but when I moved here, sacrilegious. So I like coal fire pizza. There's one in Lakeview, and their fresh mushroom pizza is delicious. Uh, there's a new one called Sasa Pizza with two brothers that I did in a round town in, uh, and it is delicious. And I love Jet's Pizza for the thick Detroit kind of pizza. For somebody who just told you she doesn't like pizza, always mushrooms, Brian, always. Always. Always mushrooms. Uh, just mushrooms. Yeah. Huh. 
I hate mushrooms. I like mushrooms on any context except pizza. I feel like Are you serious? It takes over the pizza and it's all I can taste. Like if you have mushroom sausage, all I taste is a mushroom. Yeah. My, we we're a divided family. My kids do cheese, my husband will do sausage and green pepper and I do mushroom. How do you even do that? It's a lot. And then we end up with a lot. That's why I get tired of pizza cuz then we have a lot of leftovers. Look, there are a few things in this miserable world that make you happy. <laughs> that bring me joy the uh-huh. way pizza brings me joy. Yeah, you're, my husband's the same way. Now, here's the thing. There's a place I go to, and I get that pizza, and I eat that pizza on a bowl probably within 10 minutes of getting it. But still, the joy yeah. that I derive. I've never seen him smile, and I've been to this place with him. He's yeah. so happy there. Mm-hmm. you got to so tell happy. me where it is. We won't tell mm, you. No, we don't a, want anyone to know. It's okay. a secret. All right. We'll off, tell you off, off, off air. air. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. What do you think happens when we die? This is such a good question, and I've loved every answer. Except maybe when Conrad said we're, we're going to burn in hell. But <laughs> no, I love Paul, and I respect his thoughts, and I'm, I admire the fact that he has that kind of faith. I grew up in a very faithful household, but my grandmother was an atheist and taught Darwinism. So I come from parents who converted into Catholicism. And then I married a Jewish guy who's agnostic. So I personally hope there's something. Do I believe there's something? I don't, I don't have proof that there is. Um, I, I find comfort in the idea of believing there's something. And I have comfort in the idea of believing there is a God and that there is a higher power that we can find comfort in. But... I it would be hypocritical if I tell you that I believe it 100% and that I no I'm hopeful there is but I'm afraid of death because I think I believe there's nothing and if you're afraid of death I think it's because you know that that's it so your grandmother was my grandmother was a geneticist and she taught Darwinism to medical students at the University of Puerto Rico. It, all that intelligence skips many generations. Um, and she was one of the first women with a master's degree from Cornell University. And so my grandmother was an atheist and my mother knew this. And at age 14, my mom wanted to become a Catholic. And she came over to my mother, my grandmother and said, I want to become a Catholic, but I don't want to disrespect you. And she said, it's fine as long as you're in your lane and I'm in mine. And you don't get in trouble because I'm not dealing with priests and nuns. And my mom went to Catholic high school, Catholic university, and one day showed up and told my grandma, I have the seven reasons why God exists. And my grandma said, go ahead. And she knew not to mess with my grandma. But my grandma understood and respected. This is why it's not strange that I married out of the religion, because my grandma understood and respected my mother's religion and her decisions. And and they were two very different women, but very close. So when I showed up with my Jewish boyfriend, my my mom's like, I can't be hypocritical. It's all good, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But that is, it sort of runs counter to what sort of the trend is now, I think, in America, at least. You know, usually younger people are straying from, and you're here, your mom was like, no, I want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, And uh, my father, same thing. He came from a long line of Catholics that were agnostic and sometimes ridiculed the religion and he found solace in it. And my parents are very Catholic, my dad especially. uh, And um, I know he worries about my salvation. Uh, But I but for me and I've explained this to him, it's a very personal relationship and I find God in every person and I find God in good deeds. And that's where I think, you know, I find it in goodness. I don't find it in, in the church or in an institution. So um, I think that 
and I, you know, I've raced, I thought it was going to be easy to raise two kids without a specific religion, and it's been harder than I thought. I just want to say thank you for being sort of so accessible. I don't think it's it, it, that question has been sort of tough to ask to certain people. And I feel like you are it's easy to talk to. With you. I feel like I discuss it a lot because uh, because I, I live in a household where my husband was born and raised no. in Jewish. My, my in-laws were conservative Jews. Um, may they rest in peace. And I was born and raised Catholic school. And when we met, we discussed it at Nauseam, you know, and we looked for counseling and we understood that we had to mourn or we had to mourn our old lives and start a new life together and that our religions had made us who we were. And we love that. And I love who Steve is. And I know that part of that is his religion and his culture. And so is mine. So and he understands the same thing. So Yes, it, we are the odd men out in our households, and so we have to discuss it a lot. And we have smart kids that are constantly asking, and and so it's something that I openly talk about because I have a hard time thinking that someone has all the answers. I, I don't believe that one religion is right over the other, and uh, it really bothers me to a core when people want to convince you that you're wrong and they're right with something that is not scientifically proven. Hi. Sorry. It's okay. Could you say one more time for me the word uh, ad nauseum? Ad nauseum. I just really liked the way you said it. I know you do. If you weren't at the old number nine, where would you be? I probably realistically would be still on Spanish television, either at Univision or at Telemundo or like the rest of my friends from Spanish TV making a lot of money on YouTube. But if this ever goes away, God forbid, I would probably end up on the Wendella boat giving architectural tours of Chicago. Mm. Oh. I think I would be an asset or I would work for the Chicago Architecture Foundation and I would do the walking tours in both languages. Oh, yeah. Skills. And um, I love that whole tour guide stuff. Yeah. Do you like architecture as well? Uh, yes, I do. And I love Chicago architecture. I'm obsessed with this city. I love this city. And um, I love to teach people about it. I I feel like we're underdogs to New York. And I lived in New York for three years. And we had to explain how amazing we are. And so, and every time I say in Puerto Rico, I live in Chicago, all they say is like, oh, que frio, it's so cold up there, which they're right. But I I love, I love the city so much. It's almost like I can criticize it, but you can't. Well, you can, because you're from here, but people who are not from here cannot. It's unbelievable that this city burned down and then they took the opportunity, and this says a lot about Chicago and its leaders, back then it took the opportunity to rebuild itself like a modern city you know they could have just put a bunch of boxes that were made out of steel and cement and not burned down and what but they took advantage and they said hey let's bid it out to architects who want to take chances i mean the foresight and i see it in theater too we take these chances in theater and we do things like august osage county that steppenwolf did and ends up in in broadway and six the musical started here ended at the shakespeare theater and ended up on Broadway. So I think we're like such a great place for, for innovation, as segregated and as racist as the city can be, you know? Yeah. All right. Hey, you're a lot of fun to talk to. You guys are shocked because you don't know me this way. This is like the first time we have this kind of conversation. No, I mean, we've talked yeah. before and I think you're fascinating, but you're, um, you're more, um, I don't know. Peel back the onion. There's a lot of layers to Annabelle. Yeah, right. 
All right. Well, that was question number nine. I had one last bonus question. It's a little controversial. Okay, do it. This is a bonus controversial question. This is a this controversial, is a controversial question. question. All right, are you ready? Mm. In 2019, you went to Lollapalooza. <laughs> Did you have a nice time? And who were you there to see? I'm not sure who I was there to see, but I had never gone to Lollapalooza. I don't like those kind of environments because um, I don't like to party like that. And I went with my friends, Erica and Mike Strama, who go religiously every year. Mike goes for four days and who are in their 40s. And I went with my husband who loves music and who has forfeited a lot of fun because of my aversion to that stuff. So wait, I saw, ooh, I saw Bruno Mars. Ooh. And it was so good. And you know how many more times I've been to La Palooza? Three more times. Oh. What? I like it. Oh. I like it. You've been three more three times? Three more times in my 40s. Wow. That's life surprises you. I've been a few times. Maybe we could link up next year. Seriously. And I don't do the mosh pit no, drug no. situation. No, no. Although uh, Mike always likes to take me to the EDM. Um, yeah, Perry's tent. See, yeah. uh, and that's a crazy scene. That's yeah, yeah. a lot of people watching, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I have wine, and then I get really. I have like a that can of wine, and then I stop mm. because I'm always under control. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like pizza. Doesn't like concerts. Okay. And I'm the around town person. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. This has been nine very personal questions. These are nine very personal questions. You're listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. More with Anna Belleval coming up. You're listening to the WGM Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Next week, we'll be joined by 9 a.m. announcer Mike Toomey. If you have a question for Mike, call 773-883-3323. That's 773-883-3323. You can leave a voicemail and ask Mike whatever you want. Then we'll play it for him when we record his interview and force him to answer your question. Make it interesting. Make it funny. And seriously, please call. We need you to call. One more time. That's 773-883-3323. Call now. This is the WGN Morning News. Pirate. Three, two, one. This is the WGN Morning News podcast. I'm Ana Belaval. Hey, thanks, Ana. Ross, I heard you found a clip. Yeah, Brian, I found a clip featuring this week's guest, Ana Belaval. Then I guess we should play a clip. Let's play a clip. Let's play a clip. Let's play a clip. Let's play a clip. Play a clip. I'm right. dying to know what you found. All right, Anna, this segment is called Let's Play a Clip, and this clip features your Emmy Award-winning reporting. Saludos cariñosos from the beautiful mountains of Gurabo. It's been quite the week for us here in Puerto Rico. We started visiting Guaynabo and visiting my very own brother and sister-in-law that have been living in the dark with no power since before Hurricane Maria because of Hurricane Irma, which, as you remember, was at the beginning of September. Believe it or not, He told me they have no clue when power will come back, and that is the issue all over the island. Hector, my camera guy, if you can turn off the light. We're inside the home of a Guaynabo City resident who happens to be my brother Mario and his family. He's been living like this since Hurricane Irma, total darkness. Can you imagine this? Over 50 days like this. My brother joins me now. Good evening. Hi, good evening. It's nice to see you in person. (laughs) So... 
sorry to get serious on you for a yeah. second, but hmm. and I saw your face as you were listening to that clip. Did it kind of take you back to yeah. reporting on Puerto I Rico? I did a good job. The aftermath. <laughs> you did an amazing job. You won an Emmy. I know. Um, um, I mean, does what was what was that experience like for you? It was going, surreal. Going home, but then seeing it the way it was. Awful. It was surreal. I think I have this journalist mentality that I am able to compartmentalize. And so while I was there, I I didn't cry. I was strong. I was telling somebody's story. Even when I saw my brother living the way he was living with my sister-in-law and his mother-in-law, um, I was able to be just, you know, this is, you're telling the story for a better good. It wasn't like related to me. And then I remember that I said goodbye to my family and I got on the plane and I was still real stoic. And then I watched some movie and I started bawling on the airplane on the way back to Chicago because I was leaving and I was leaving them in the darkness. And I was, um, I was, it's, you don't understand. And I think people can relate. Like there was a tornado in Harvard, Illinois. There've been tornadoes in different parts of our, of our viewing area. And if you come back to your hometown and you see it destroyed, it takes it takes your breath away. And that's what happened to me. I've been wanting to do around towns in Puerto Rico for many years. And uh, for one reason or another, we haven't been able to. And I end up going for that, right? And showing my people at their best, but at their worst, too. And having to explain that, you know, these are 8 million U.S. citizens um, that did not have a say in becoming U.S. citizens, which is a great thing. But we did not have a say in this relationship with the United States. It was imposed. We were won over in wars. But I remember my mom saying, don't worry, Johnson & Johnson will send a plane. Don't worry, Abbott Labs will send a plane right before the hurricane hit. And to call your 70-something, my dad was 77, your father and say, do you need me to send anything? And my father says, send food. Food! Yeah. You know, that, and so I, w I had the honor of going to tell that story. Uh, it is my proudest um, endeavor as a journalist, and it is my proudest Emmy. Um, but it was heart-wrenching, and it changed me and my family forever. We count everything from before 2017 to before Maria and after Maria. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's changed my perspective about our relationship with the U.S., and it's changed my perspective about a lot of things. Talking about that relationship, with the U.S., uh, I think people, and I forgot in the moment too. Mm -hmm. uh, 2017, Irma hit, and then uh -huh. followed right up by yeah. Maria. Yeah. So there was no time for anyone to rebuild or even prepare themselves no. for anything after that moment. No, and we were always used to, oh, that side of the island got it, even though we're 100 by 35 miles, or this side of the island got it, and then they would be disconnected, and it would we would figure it out. I remember when we didn't have water, we would go to Ponce on the south to get ice, right? Or there were things that we could do. And when you hear no one has power and no one has cell service, and you don't know where your family's at, that is, and you don't know for days... And you have to send friends like, hey, can you go check to see? If it is awful, right? And we're part of the United States, but they'd let that happen in New Orleans anyway. So what were we expecting? Because we're in, in, a, in the middle of the ocean surrounded by a lot of water. Uh, so that, that took a toll on me personally and on my family. And um, it, it, everyone has PTSD at different levels. And the idea that now I go home for Christmas and the power goes out. For fun. 
you know? <laughs> it's like, or they told my parents, you're going to lose power. One, there's going to be sporadic blackouts once a week for until December. And we don't know how long they last. I was used to 30 minutes. I grew up, no one needed generators. Maybe the rich people had generators or a building with a lot of elevators. But this that they're going through, it is very hard to live on the island. To visit, it's fine, but it's hard to live. And this is currently. This Current. is five years right post-hurricanes. Yes. This is still happening. Yeah. Okay. And, and you've been back since and you've seen the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I've been having lunch and the power goes out. And the restaurant has to close because generators cost money. And do you see people still rebuilding, trying mm-hmm. to rebuild yeah. what they had? And people trying to reinvent. And yeah, I have. It, it, the, the the resilience we have, which we don't want, and now we've grown to hate that word because it's like yeah. be some bless, blessings and prayers when there's a school shooting. Yeah, I, we don't want to be resilient anymore. I mean, they could take a little off from us because it was Maria, earthquakes, pandemic, and another uh, hurricane. So, so how are your parents doing now? I know you got to go surprise them during all of this, and now five years later, how are they doing in San Juan? My parents are doing great as best as they could. My parents are well-to-do. They live in a nice condo. My dad is retired. They live a comfortable life. Uh, I I worry more about my brother and sister-in-law. My parents um, are set. Uh, But they are heartbroken because they see their son and sister-in-law going through troubles that they didn't have to. They are seeing Puerto Rico going backwards and they're disappointed at their political leaders. Um, And so that's a hard thing to see because I think it's depressed them. Uh, My dad developed respiratory issues, nothing major because of the generator having to be on all the time. My mom has Parkinson's and it was diagnosed right before Maria. And I think the stress of everything going on has exacerbated it. She's doing fine, but you know, there's only one, two Parkinson specialists. You know, people have left, professionals have left. And so it's harder to get an appointment with a doctor or there won't be power at the at the doctor's office. And so my parents are, are doing great and will never leave. <laughs> no. And my brother and sister-in-law have tried, but they've been lucky and their jobs have, have uh, allowed them to stay. And you know, you live in paradise, but you pay a price. And speaking of not ever wanting to leave, I know like you go to Puerto Rico, it has to be so hard to try, you know, to actually come back to Chicago, leave a lot of your family there. What does Puerto Rico mean to you as a place uh, like in your life now? It's is the reason I am who I am. Um, I think that my parents raised me with such pride on who we are and um, how diverse we are and how talented we are and how generous we are that um, I feel it. I walk around it like with a badge of honor. I've never felt inferior because of it. I think it's also very different because I grew up on the island um, and came here for college. My circumstances were very different than other Puerto Ricans who migrated here. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, one of my biggest prides is to be Puerto Rican and wherever I go, you guys know five minutes in, I tell you where I'm from and how awesome we are. Right. (laughs) What was that experience like uh, coming from Puerto Rico and then coming here for college and then ending up in a big city like Chicago? Yeah. Um, It was awesome. I I don't think I could live in Puerto Rico after college. I had a taste of Washington, D.C. and a city, and I was like, oh, yeah, Uh, I'm home. I love living in big cities. There was a culture shock. 
Um, I am so happy I came here at 21 years old to Chicago all alone because I think if I would have hit New York, Boston, it would have been harder. Chicagoans are very nice people, very welcoming. Um, so it the culture shock was how isolated people live here, how calm, cool, and collected they are. There's not a lot of passion going on in the Midwest. <laughs> I'm always the loudest in the room, the one with the biggest reactions. Right the one with the most color in her clothes, um, the one that will hug you and yeah. Um, and so that was a, a big culture shock and it shocked my parents because when I went to college, I had some American friends, but I had mostly Latin American friends. And my mom's like, we sent you to the United States so you can make <laughs> friends with like Brian and Rob <laughs> and Steve and you come home with Venezuelans who are learning English and I'm like, so what? But right. they, they're your people. Yeah. And it's, I've explained it to my mother. If you guys move to Japan, where do you think you're going to hang out? Right. You're going to hang out with the expats. Right. And well, the same thing happens to us. So, and right now, because I work at GN and because I married an American, I have a lot of American friends. Um, but I still, I speak Spanish every day. I, that connection is always there. Why did you come to Chicago in the first place? Work, my first job out of college. I had interned in D.C. for Univision, and I was in Puerto Rico, and I was going to get a job there, get married to my high school boyfriend, live next to my parents. It was going to be great. And when I went home, there was no job. The boyfriend cheated on me, and I was in my parents, like in my old bedroom, right? And I called my mentor in D.C. at Univision where I interned, and I said, is there anything? I'll take anything. And she said, Chicago. And literally, I was extremely green. I had done some professional work for Univision in D.C., so that was my demo tape, which was good. But um, they, they saw potential, and they hired me right then and there. And my dad thought it was a joke. My dad gave me a price of how much I could move out of the house for. He's like, you're not leaving unless they pay you this much because I'm not subsidizing your party life in Chicago. And they paid me that. And my dad's like, eh, do they know who they're hiring? <laughs> and I said, eh, kill me. Yeah. So that's how I ended up in Chicago. Okay. Very supportive parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they moved me here. We didn't know anybody here. And okay. my mom and dad came with oh, and awesome. set me up in my apartment and cried their eyes out when they left yeah 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 uh speaking of your parents i think you maybe mentioned that there's an extra room or something brian Always. and i are, are potty trained uh we love to Always. travel uh, we would love to see puerto rico uh help them out any way we can Mario and we'll, we'll travel they're ready you. okay and this one has blue eyes his name is brian yeah how american he's a redhead mom's gonna be like oh my gosh whatever Exotic. I'm a ginger. It's it's the the red is oh. on the, the beard. It's a dirty dishwater oh. up top. Anyway, uh, you, so do you have dates that you're available that we? Yeah, could? What's a good time to yeah. visit Puerto Rico? Anytime. Anytime. Okay. Yeah. Could I get awesome. your dad's cell or? Yeah, we, you will. Okay. Right. You got your speedo. You packed that, right? Yeah, I got the speedo. Just don't yeah. walk around our apartment in your speedo. No, I'll cover up. Where's the wrong? Oh, I have several. So I think you've answered this question, but I just want to kind of explore it a little more. With everything you've done in your life, you have a lot of pride in being Puerto Rican. Do you have any regrets about having left and coming here? As the older I get, I regret being so far. Um, I wish I was closer. New York City was closer because there's a flight going all the time and it's only three hours. The flight from here is uh, almost five hours. So... I worry because my parents are getting older and those phone calls will come in and it's just 
that scares me. And the fact that you, you know, that's, that's the only regret I have. I have no other regrets of making my dream come true, living in a big city, you know, conquering English television and, and making them a name for myself. Because when I make a name for myself, I make a name for my people. So I think that uh, I have no regrets when it comes to that. It's just that I wish I was a little closer, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So you never think about what if I went back after college and there was that job and my boyfriend hadn't cheated on me and oh, I got to live my sucked. Puerto Rican dream. It, it would have sucked. sucked. Wow. That was not for me. No, it's, I, I, for as much as I love it, um, I was always looking for more. I I didn't want to go to the same bar I went to since I was in high school. I didn't want to, I, I, my high school friends and I are very close, but a, a lot of them had their kids in my old school, which I loved. But then they ran into the same jocks we went to school with, and it just it just triggers stuff. And I wanted to see more of the world, meet meet more people, and I I don't have island pace. Oh, which is like slower and right. Yeah, I don't have island pace. You're and my, fast. My, my husband sometimes is like, we can retire there, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not going to be able to handle it, and neither am I. Hmm. You are pretty. Oh yeah. Fast paced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that if I do things fast, I'm not going to do them right. So I have to slow down. Do you drink a lot of coffee or? No, this is all natural. I drink one cup in the morning, maybe a second one during nine o'clock, and then that's it. So this is just all you're just this always. This is all me. <laughs> yeah. Except in the afternoon, I'm I'm a total morning person. Okay. But yeah. All right. Well, this is the WGM Morning News podcast. Stay tuned. We've got a fun surprise coming up next. Time now for checking in with Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. Time for checking in with Conrad. Each week I check in with morning show weatherman Paul Conrad. Let's check in with him now. Hey, Paul. Hello. Paul, so you've talked a lot on the TV about the WGN Whizzer. Oh, yeah. Now, for the listeners, this is a person or possibly a number of people who have been peeing all over the bathroom floor here at WGN. I understand you have some new information yeah, for Yeah, and I'd like to clarify, we're not 100% sure it's peeing. The HR department has referred to it as secreting, uh, which opens up a whole different universe of possibilities. Now, additionally, what we have come to learn is now there is potentially a copycat criminal in the building working in the ladies' restroom. Uh, and I'm going to refer to her as a she, but it could be a dude sneaking in there. But uh, we've got uh, someone that we're now going to be referring to as the Brown Bomber or the Deuce Dropper uh, because uh, we're having some problems in the ladies' room now where it seems like there's some intentional criminality going on, some filthiness and some intentional not cleaning up after themselves. Now, the WGN Whizzer has gone silent. We've not gotten any indications there's new activity in the last six to eight months. But the Brown Bomber now is taking over, and there's some indications, and I've become the point person at the station around this, that you know, the Brown Bomber was working about a year ago on the second floor, um, browning some of the walls, and uh, like at eye level, and uh, it seemed like it was a malicious, intentional attack. They had to put up some signs about a year ago. 
Uh, on the second level, they thought it went away, but now there's some concern. Could this be the second floor person who's come back as the Brown Bomber? We've got a lot of things. It's kind of like, you know, uh, in California, they have all these serial killers that they don't know who's doing what. It goes on for years and years, and you bring in the FBI. You're trying to figure out, all right, could this be this or that? And so that's what we're in the midst of right now. So just to clarify, so it, this a year ago it was happening upstairs, and now it's migrated downstairs. Yes, yeah, second floor women's room a year ago. Now in the last two weeks, main level, just outside of the courtesy desk. And now, am I to understand that you you are sort of people are you're like a tip line? I am the tip line. I've got uh, different email uh, messages that are coming in from my colleagues. Every so often, I get a phone call and some pictures. So I'm kind of like the uh, sorting center, uh, keeping a database of all this information. Then every time I talk about, it, I should mention that I know that management wants me to be quiet about this. Uh, But I kind of feel like uh, this is the man. You know, they're trying to hide something. And it makes me, to be honest with you, it makes me think that the Brown Bomber or the WGN Wizard could be an upper management. And so I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or somebody crazy, but it could be our general manager. If you, the listener, have any tips for Paul or the WGM Morning News podcast, please call 773-883-3323. We'd like to get to the bottom of this. What's on your mind, Paul? Uh, I've been worried a little bit about uh, my glasses. I'm not uh, 100% convinced that I need them anymore. Uh, and so I'm thinking I, I wear them because I think I look sexy. And uh, that's enough, you know. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure I'm seeing any better or any worse. For what it's worth, I think you do look sexy when well, you are. I think, I think they balance my head out a little bit. They bring a little bit more darkness to the top half. You know what I mean? And uh, so we'll see. i got to make some decisions about this in the next six months or so. So that's what's on my mind. All right. This has been Checking In With Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. Time for Checking In With Conrad. We'll have more with Anna Belleval coming up. This is the WGM Morning News Podcast. We're here with Annabella Vall. Anna, you go around town for WGM Morning News each morning, and some folks may think, hey, that's Annabella Vall. She's on the TV. She gets special treatment. But that's not always the case. In fact, one time you had a brush with the law, and things did not quite go your way. Mm-mm. Do you know about this? No. Mm-hmm. So um, a few years ago, when the texting law came into effect, you can't text and drive in Illinois. But I technically was at a stoplight and I was texting with the phone kind of high. I was in the South Loop on my way to a diner to meet my crew. And there was a cop in one of those strip malls and he saw me texting. Even though I was on a red light, he felt compelled to stop me. And I rolled down the window and I said, oh, I know. I'm sorry, officer. But I was at a stop sign because I knew. And he said, oh, my God, it's you. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) How are you? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love your work. You are so good. We watch you all the time. Seriously, all of you, you're so great. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Click, 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 drive. I was ready to go. I'm like, no ticket for me. And he's like, Annabelle, I'll wait till I tell everybody so great. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, thank you. And he's like, but you unfortunately were 
committing the infraction that is my biggest pet peeve, and I'm going to have to give you a ticket for $100. Hmm. But wait, there's more. He gives me the ticket. I should ask you for a picture. Kick your butt. So I drive to the diner. I go to the diner. I meet my folks, and I tell them what happened. And they're like, the cop should have let you go or not tell you that he knew you. Why would he do that? Cop walks in with the captain, walks by our table and says, oh, my God, it's you. I just told my captain I gave you a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no freebies for La Vela Other thing that happens to me is like whenever one of the PR people are like, do you want to take the kids to Disney on ice? Do you want to do this or that? It happens to me with the Shakespeare Theater or whatever. Poor people. They, I'm, I'm, I say I need four tickets for Sunday matinee. I show up in the sun mat- Sunday matinee. The girls are dressed in their princess dresses. And they go, what, what's your name? Ana Belaval. Mm, oh, no, we don't have any tickets for you. They're for tomorrow. Hmm. So that kind of stuff happens to me. But it's the Belleval curse. Natalie, my producer, thinks it doesn't exist, but she's seen it happen. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting out of all of these stories, the cop, uh, you know, the wrong day on a matinee, you got to be more assertive. You need to ask. I'm Did not. you ask the captain? Hey, I'm he not. gave me a ticket and, super, and yet he asked I'm for a picture. I'm law abiding. I'm but not you're confrontational. So I'm, yeah, Magnetic I know. personality. The captain would be like, are you serious? You, you took a picture with her and you gave her a ticket? Mm-hmm. Boom, you're off. No. And then the other time, I matinee, know, you I know. call, you say, hey, this is Anna. You said you were going to get me Sunday matinee tickets. No, Ross, but that's you not who right I am. call right now and put my name on the list. Boom, done. And here's another thing that Paul Conrad taught me uh-huh. uh, when you guys put together a, a beautiful baby shower for me, and I appreciate that. He said, use your no. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put that in my head, too. I'm like, use your no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that multiple times before. My wife asked me something. I say, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you buddy. gotta say it no didn't sometimes. Mean no, I don't mean that. What Sorry, it, man. It meant about Love the you. people who want to come see the baby yes. when it's three hours old. I will old. use my no. You'll use her no. Yeah, I think it's bad for you to say no to your wife. Yes, right now. I think so. Too. I agree with you. Yeah. Could go. you say that again? I have a manicure and pedicure to get to. So you decide to advocate for yourself now on this podcast for the very first time in your life. Come on, mama. We're, we got stuff to do here. We're still doing stuff. We're having a nice time. What time's your manicure? At noon. What time is it? It's 11.43. I got to be downtown. Let's go. (sighs) I mean, she's always late, and I let her be late. (laughs) All right, we'll move on. Ross had to give you all that advice, and now suddenly- I thought that was good advice. I'm going to text her and be like, I'm late. Yes. Period. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, pass that on to her. Because she usually right. texts me, I'm, I need 15 more minutes, and I'm already parked there. And I'm like, okay. Well, Anna, each week we ask listeners to call in and ask questions for our guest. Here's a voicemail from this week. This is my question for Anna. The swear you marry really use a lot of profanity. It's my question. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Hi. Uh, I, first, I want to tell you, I'm really enjoying these podcasts. I would like to ask Anna... How she picks her around-the-town places that she takes us to see. Uh, They're very interesting, and uh, I wish I could visit them all. Thank you. I love to hear that. I love when people say, I've been everywhere you told us to be. I have a great producer, have always had great producers that find these places for us, but we literally drive with our head on a swivel. We look everywhere we go. We look at windows that we like. We look at people doing stuff on the street. And um, social media is a great way to find unique things. And there's a lot of public relationists that uh, will 
pitch their clients to us. Everything has to be super visual because we get this question a lot. And I know that the the segment could be considered a commercial for a place. It does great things for businesses, but we try to find a hook, something different, some story and something visual. Like I, I'm not going to go do... Uh, needle pointing, although you know I make anything interesting. One time we watched paint dry at an Ace Hardware store, but um, we try to keep it dynamic and visual. And that's how I pick them. I have somebody who picks them and, and they do a fantastic job. And I, I have the last say, at least with this producer I do, the last two used to lie to me mm. so that I couldn't say no. Yeah, they know who they are. Would you want to at least name the new producer? Natalie. Everybody knows Natalie. I just want to make sure we get her out there. She's like Mary and my love child. Yes, sir. Usually we have more voicemails, but I messed up and uh, the voicemail box was full. So people were calling and we weren't getting the voicemails. So Are you, you serious? Yeah, you only got two voicemails. So. Are you, you guys have been complaining oh, all oh. podcast about no one calling. Well, it's a difficult thing. People want to text now. You know, they don't want to talk on the phone, I guess. I don't know. These millennials, you know, I don't know. I'm so disappointed. We got two. Well, yeah. we got two, and you didn't have to pretend. You didn't have to ask anyone to do one. Right. Uh, it was organic. Yeah, that, and I appreciate that. That lady with that around town question was a real person. Okay. I did not hire her. What about the first one, the Swery Mary thing? Didn't didn't mess with that either. Okay, well yeah. there you go. Now I'm proud. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget, listeners, we have one episode left. Mike Toomey, if you've got a question for Mike, call 773-883-3323. One more time, that's 773-883-3323. Anna, do you have anything to promote, like a movie or a book? Oh, my goodness. I'd be here all day. Oh. You can find me on social media. I'm doing a lot of things that don't have to do with WGN and are not necessarily endorsed. So they're on my website, and they support me. 100%, but meaning it's an independent thing that I do. I, I still do stand-up comedy. I have a one-woman show in Spanish. I still have to put the one-woman show in English on stage. So many things that I keep myself busy with outside of the day job that I love so much. Is it going to take you a long time to translate from the Spanish to the English? For I the write a whole show? different show. Oh, oh, just packed with talent. It's not like I'm translating in my head. I'm that fluent. That Those days are over, but I am cito. Brian Cito. Well, maybe that should be it. That's Brian good. Cito. I like that. Brian That's not Cito. Bad. That's yeah. not bad. All right, Anna, do you have any questions for us on the way out? Well, I was thinking. Oh, oh I'm man. sorry. That's Come on. Every week. That's all the time we have. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Thank you, boys. I really enjoyed it. I'm proud of you. You've been listening to the You've been listening to the WG. <sighs> when I say I'm proud. <laughs> You've been listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. Tune in next week for Mike Toomey. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. And in 321, I want all three of us on it to say, and good morning, Chicago. Oh, wait, I was texting my manicurist to let her know I'm late. Okay, well, could you just do this thing real quick? Okay, fine. Sorry. Three, two, one. And, and good, good morning, morning Chicago. Chicago. Or whenever you're listening to this. We love you. We love you. <laughs> WGN Morning News Podcast. That's something I've never <laughs> talked about, and you wanted stuff that I could talk about. Of course. There yes. you go. All right. All right. Why is everyone in a robe? <laughs> what is going on? I'm going to lunch. We're going to go to uh, Fogo de Chow and just uh, have. I'm like. <laughs> and then it goes, wait. My darling, I hunger for your touch. What's your bra size? Quick. <laughs> Hey, Dean, 
Your donuts blow. The, my donuts? Yeah. As far as my underwear goes, um, extra small. Can I borrow $5,000? Absolutely not, Brian. You never lend money to family or friends. Are we friends? Hey, guys. Larry Potash here. Listen to the full episode of WGM Morning News Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. I love you. <laughs> Don't call Gary Baumgarten after midnight. My name's Brian, and I can't stand it when people call me Ryan or when people spell my name with a Y or no. yeah, or they call me Sean because the, the email will come up, say Brian, and they'll read <laughs> say and think it says Sean, and they'll say, hi, Sean, and I'll be like, well, first of all, my he name's Brian. kind of looks like a Sean. No, oh, don't do this. I'm cutting this from the podcast. All right, here's the real controversial okay, question. Okay. You ready? This is a controversial, this is a controversial question. question. He's a smart fella, not a fart smeller. He's a smart fella. 